I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast about surviving your 20s. So, how have you been? What have you been up to in the past couple of weeks? Um, what have I been up to in the last couple of weeks? Oh, I went to Wales for a weekend, which was oh, lovely. so nice. We went that uh, last weekend when it was really warm and sunny, um, mm. which was gorgeous. But also it meant we didn't actually do as much hiking as we meant to because it was it was just way, too, way too hot to be doing like a few miles or anything like that. Yeah, um, 30 degrees and hiking is not the one. Yeah, it was not ideal. But we stayed in a gorgeous, gorgeous cottage, um, which had a balcony that overlooked the Y Valley. And it was, oh, it was so beautiful. It was really, really nice. And then this week, uh, we had a work summer party. Lovely. Which was uh, predictably, no, well, I won't say messy, because it wasn't that bad. I did have a bit of a hangover. But then I locked myself out my phone and missed my bus the next morning and had to walk to work for 45 minutes. And that cured the hangover. So amazing yeah it was right palaver honestly you should have seen me jogging up the hill like 20 minutes late to work and everyone was like oh you look so active this morning I'm like oh is that the sheen of sweat (laughs) oh god it was a nightmare anyway what about you what have you been up to what have I been up to so last weekend when it was when it was really sunny and you were hiking and being exercisey or not. <laughs> I went to um I went out to lunch with Alex and his mum because he came down for the weekend. Oh. So we just had like a really chilled one. We went and had lunch, we did some shopping, we watched a lot of Glastonbury, we sat in the garden. It was just so like I felt like a proper weekend, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in the um, summer when you've oh yeah, I love those weekends. Oh, it was just dreamy. And then this weekend, a slightly different tone, I went to my goddaughter's fifth birthday party. So you know, my, my day was spent climbing a tree and tying up balloons. So it's slightly different. But slightly I've just been, less relaxing then. <laughs> it was a very different vibe. Let's put it that way. Um, being quizzed about why I wear lipstick and why I'm a vegetarian. I'm like, ah. By the children? Yes. Oh, my God. That's intense. It was a bit intense. But we did have a good time. Um, and then, yeah, just back now. Just been enjoying the really nice weather, to be honest. It, I feel like we always discuss the weather, but we're British. So it's like part of the job description. Yeah, would we be British if we didn't? No, but it has been nice to have a little bit of sun. It's made such a difference. Absolutely. It's been so, so... Although, I, how did I forget about this? I went to Cambridge yesterday, just for the day. And um, I like Cambridge. It's really lovely. Yeah, it's the first time that I've been and like actually been to the city. And um, it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. Everyone that says it's similar to Oxford, it's not. I, apart- no, I don't think anything like Oxford. No, apart from also obviously the university. Like there's absolutely no... I mean, anyway, that's beside the point. But it rained a lot. <laughs> yeah, so when I was getting the train up, because I, I went to nearby Cambridge, I... Um, yeah, it really rained when I was on the train, like really, really heavy rain. Yeah, it was, we were just literally getting off, like we were on, we were on the end of our punting trip as it started to oh, rain. No. Oh my God, and I saw a guy fall in, it was hilarious. Oh no, was he okay? It was, he looked mortified. I think he was one of the professional punters as well. I think he was punting like a hen do and they'd obviously rocked the boat and he was not happy. Oh my god, I would not be happy. It was it was so funny, and then it starts raining, and everyone's got their umbrellas, and yeah, he did not look happy. But, but it was already wet, so. Oh, you know. <laughs> but no, Cambridge is nice. I like it. 
Yeah, Cambridge is lovely. Um, what else have you been loving? Should we go on to our recommendations? My first recommendation is a bit more of a, a serious one, maybe. But um, it's an article that I saw in The Guardian this week. And I just I clicked on it mostly because I studied this sort of thing a lot at uni. And I thought it was quite interesting. So the the title is about Victoria-era women. And then it's basically saying trying to keep up with the Kardashians is returning women to the Victorian era. And it's making Ooh, a comment. Yeah, it's making a comment. It's obviously using the Kardashian sisters in particular, but also saying in general across social media, there are trends now with women which are becoming so like normalized because they've got all of these young fans trying to idolize them. Like Kim Kardashian, was it at the Met Gala? She wore that really, really tight corset. And um, a video emerged of her telling Anna Wintour that she couldn't actually sit down for the whole evening because she couldn't breathe. And then um, who was it? Um, Dakota Fanning, was it, who passed out as well from her corset being too tight? And um, it's basically saying they might not be the same like ideals of femininity. Oh, my God, why can't I not say that? It's not the same ideals of femininity, but it's... We've almost gone full circle now. Women are expected to look these certain ways and young women, young girls are idolising it and it's having the exact same effect. And the last, par- the last paragraph was what really got me. It said, we frown upon other manifestations of, gu- of guiltless elitism, yet because these women are seen to be making those bold choices for themselves, we seldom question them. Perhaps it's time to start wondering how healthy it is to be returning to Victorian values no, perhaps it's time to start wondering how healthy this return to Victorian values really is for women. And I just thought it was really interesting because like, she was talking about even false nails and how you see false nails that are like an inch long. And that's not practical. A woman surely cannot do anything with nails that are that long. That's true. I'd never really thought of that. So it's like tight corsets, long nails, spending longer getting your makeup ready and then feeling like you can't show any expression of emotion because it needs to stay perfectly in place all day. And just things like that, that you that is creating like a new ideal of what women should be like that's actually really restrictive. It is really interesting. It reminds me of that thing that it, Tina Fey said it in her book, Bossy Pants, but then it kind of did the circuits on the internet again about a year ago about like how the ideal woman is this completely I I can't remember the quote exactly but it was like you have to have like hair like so and so and a body type like so and so and it's an amalgamation of all of these different ethnicities and shapes and hair colors that actually no human being would ever naturally look like yeah so if I look like them they would look really weird and yet we still try and go after this really unattainable unrealistic image yeah, which is why it's so dangerous because young young girls on the internet, if they think they're supposed to have a waist as tiny as Kim Kardashian's in a corset, that's obviously ridiculous. That's Yeah, and I think I don't think it's just I don't think it's just young girls. I think it's everyone. Like I think you get bombarded with these images for so long yeah. that it that becomes in your head what normal is and how many normal as in everyday human you know people like walking down the street bodies you actually see very very few I think it's really I think it's harmful I think that that article really taps into something interesting there 
Yeah, and it was even saying like the inverse of the, it's still the same thing, but the inverse. So in the Victorian era, the paler you were, that showed you were rich because you didn't work outside. Whereas now being being tanned is a sign of wealth because it means you've gone on holiday or at the very yeah. least you can afford a spray tan, which is considered more of a luxury than would be perhaps normal. And then, so now that is a sign of almost like a social standing to be tanned. And yeah, it's strange, isn't it? And actually that's unhealthy as well, because if you're encouraging someone to, unless obviously you're fake tanning, which is fine, but like if you're encouraging mm-hmm. someone to lie in the sun or go and sit under a sunbed, then yes, that's also unhealthy. Something I've been thinking a lot about recently is something, and I've spoken to a few people about this as well, and it's kind of a similar point of like these unattainable images that you see and you see it with celebrities, but also like quote unquote influencers online who promote like skincare products and they're like I use this face cream or I use this serum and my face is all beautifully plumped and hydrated and I have no wrinkles but they're also getting surgery done and they're having injectables put into their face and I have nothing against that like if you know I, I genuinely don't like I think if you want to do it and it's for you great more power to you my issue comes in when there's a sales implication there or a blatant lie yeah and I think it really it kind of goes back to that thing of attaining an image that you actually physically naturally cannot have and yeah. therefore you need some intervention yeah I don't I, I don't know if there's anything wrong with Kim Kardashian wearing a corset that tight if she's honest about it yeah and so the reason I look like this is also because of surgery and it isn't a practical outfit and it's not a practical look I would never wear it on a regular basis because it's physically very uncomfortable I think it's when you say, you know, my forehead is wrinkle free because I've used this face cream. No, sweetheart, it's because you've had something put in it. That's fine. But be honest about it. Yeah. And I think that kind of, we live in this world where Instagram is meant to like, and the whole of the internet is meant to like break down that wall of what's real and what's not. And everyone's meant to be more relatable. And like, you're meant to see that behind the scenes of celebrities and like what they're really, really. Oh, no, I think it does the exact opposite. I think social media does the opposite. I think it's made it worse. I think it's, you now think these people are more relatable, more accessible. So you kind of forget that. that And that makes you think that that's normal. Exactly. And it isn't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the surgery or however you choose to, whatever you choose to do to your body. But if you're then kind of selling something off the back of it, or you're trying to portray a certain image, you, I think you do have a responsibility to be quite honest with what else you've had done. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's a really interesting article. Um, I'm going to give that a read after this. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yes, we will. Um, what's your first recommendation? I feel like this isn't quite as serious. I feel like we're, we're going to... I don't want to say lower the brow. Lower the bar? Oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> lower the tone? No, it's not lowering the tone. It's just, it's just something different. So, um, we all know I love listening to podcasts. And I've been listening to this podcast now for on and off for well over a year. And I went through a real phase of listening to it. And then I I like to listen to podcasts for quite a while. And then I kind of fall out of love with them and I listen to something else. I've recently got back into the Flintoff Savage and the Ping Pong Guy podcast, which I'm sure you're thinking is not really my normal kind of thing because it's all about (laughs) sport. And typically I'm not a sporty or athletic person. But I was recommended it by a friend about a year ago. He's like, you'll absolutely love it. And I was like, really I don't really like sport I know nothing about football I know nothing about cricket I know nothing about ping pong um but actually I've really thoroughly enjoyed it it's given me a real respect a newfound respect for sports people 
and how dedicated and hard you really, really have to work. Um, yeah. And they do discuss a lot of sport, but they also discuss a lot of other things. Like they did an amazing episode all about mental health and mental wellness. Um, they've discussed like motivation and how to keep a team motivated and all the implications of all of these different topics. And I mean, I've always loved Freddie Flintoff, but I didn't know anything about Robbie Savage. I knew nothing about Matthew Side either. And it's just really, really interesting to hear the perspectives of three men who normally I would never hear that kind of perspective. Um, and also it's it's hilarious. There's one episode where they tell their most embarrassing stories and I was laughing so hard on the train <laughs> that a couple next to me tapped me on the shoulder and said, please, can we know what you're listening to? Because you're laughing so much, we want to listen to. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've listened to that podcast. We've actually done some stuff with it at work. And um, they, it is really, really good. I think we had, was it the mental health one that, I can't remember what it was, but anyway, we had a book at work that was called Outrunning the Demons, and it was it's written by a guy who is he, he basically was assaulted, and he used running to recover. Amazing. And it was so similar to that. Really, really interesting to not only hear like the sports side of it, but also a man talking about mental health and how he came back from it through sport. Yeah, and they have some really frank and honest discussions. Um, and it, it, I just find it really, really interesting. It's about, I think it's about an hour and a half long each episode. They're, they're nice and long, so you could, they really get into stuff as well, which I like. Um, and it's completely different every week. But if you just want a laugh, it's great. But also for a really good debate as well, it's really interesting because they're all very opinionated people. So that you, yeah. you get quite a thorough debate out of it. Um, so yeah, I've just been really enjoying listening to it. And I'll leave the name of the episode that, made me almost cry laugh on the train oh my god I've actually I've been really enjoying Fleddy uh Fleddy Freddie Flintoff on Top Gear so I might I want to start watching Top Gear again just for Freddie I love Freddie Flintoff yeah it's really good I think it's probably a similar sort of humor from how you're describing it yeah it's very Top Gear now <laughs> brilliant that sounds great I'm gonna I'm gonna go start watching Top Gear again but um use that as a recommendation god damn it <laughs> We can leave it in. It's like a bonus one. But yeah, I've yeah. been really enjoying it. I'd highly recommend going to listen, even if you aren't massively into sports. Freddie Flintoff, Robbie Savage or Matthew Side. I think it's a really good listen. So yeah. Cool. Nice. What is your next recommendation? Mine's more of a, a practical one. Go for but it. It is my Valor Go water bottle. And... I've been using it for a while now, so I didn't really think about it. And then the other day, a complete stranger saw me putting it into my bag and fold, like folding my water bottle in half to get it in my bag and uh, asked me where I got it from. And I was like, oh, actually, this is clearly this is something that's useful. But it's a water bottle that's fully silicon apart from the lid. And you can roll it up when it's not full. You can roll it up and so it goes really small and compact to get into your bag. And then even when it's got water in, you can basically squish it down to the size that you need it to be to fit into your bag That's so you so it's it's so so good so I can rather than having to make a space to like force my water bottle down the side of my bag I can basically bend it and twist it and fold it around so it fits around whatever's already in there and it's got a little um like carabiner clip on the top so you can clip it onto the outside and also it's a it's like a suction air suction one so water doesn't come out unless you squeeze it or tip it upside down and also it's got a double seal so it won't ever leak 
yeah, we just had some technical issues, a little technical hitch, but I was telling you about how great my water bottle was and now we're back and you can get them on Amazon. Is We'll leave a link. Yes, they are available on Amazon and they're actually quite cheap and I've bought them for both my parents and they love them as well. So that is that recommendation. Okay. <laughs> Let's hope the rest of the recording's a little bit smoother yeah. because that's a little bit stressful. Oh God. Um, what's your second recommendation? My second recommendation is a new, this doesn't sound very cool, but actually if anyone else is um, dairy-free or vegan or has a lot of allergies, I feel like they'll appreciate this. Um, I found a really good dairy-free, egg-free, soy-free, nut-free, gluten-free chocolate bar, which I know some people will be thinking, can that exist? Yes, it can. Um, it's by a company called Nomo, so like no missing out, which nice. I like. Um, and it's made in an allergen free environment. So I think the only thing is like they've got four flavors in, in their dark chocolate bar that have soy in it. So obviously that does like have a soy risk if you're allergic to soy. Um, but it's completely free of like nuts, dairy, eggs, gluten, all the other allergens. So a really enjoyable snack if you are um, allergic to a lot of things no, like I am. Where can you buy it um, from? So I got it in Holland and Barrett and Holland and Barrett currently have like buy one, get one half price. I think it was like, they're like a pound each normally. And they do a dark chocolate, a milk chocolate, a salted caramel Ooh. one, which was lovely. Um, and then they had one that was like raisins and no, I had no interest in ones. I don't like raisins. I have no interest in that. So I didn't get that <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. If you are also someone who can't have dairy, but you love chocolate like I do. Oh, I can't recommend oh, it. Apparently, you can also get it in Tesco as well. So, if you're not near a Holland and Barrett, you can pick them up in Tesco. I imagine it's only larger Tescos, but oh, brill! Yeah, very nice. Very nice. So, with that, should we move on to this week's topic? Yes. Um, this week we decided it would be a good idea. Um, we've spoken about jobs and careers a few times before. And we thought it would be great to discuss why it's okay to leave your job. Um, it's something that we've both experienced at some point, And it's one of those things which is a little bit, it's almost a bit taboo, don't you think? Oh. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can't leave a job. You can't discuss leaving a job. Don't tell anyone to leave their job. And it's like, well, it's a reality, so it probably should be discussed. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think now more than ever, our generation and being in your 20s and not knowing, maybe not quite knowing where you want your career to go, or maybe realising the career you thought you wanted was not the one for you, or even if you're just really unhappy in your job, there's so many reasons and it it isn't becoming more acceptable to leave your job. But having the conversation about it, I think is really important because I feel like no one ever talks about it unless... I don't know, someone's had an awful experience and then they have a drink and start discussing it. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you. And I think it's that thing of if you're quitting a job, it's awful because you're quitting and therefore there's an implication of failure. Yeah. And I actually don't think that's the case because there are so many reasons why you might leave a job. Like it might be just because you've got another job and that's great. And it's in the same like career that you're already in. It's a promotion or maybe it's kind of a bit better for you in terms of location or whatever it is. And that's seen as a really positive thing. Yeah. But then there are times when you might leave a job because you're really, really unhappy in that job or it's just not the career path you want to be on. You can do something else and get paid some better somewhere else. You want to retrain and do something else. There are so, so many things. 
And though I feel like for those circumstances, there's a bit more of a stigma attached. And I think millennials as a generation get like a bad rap as being quite lazy and work shy and not always wanting to do the hustle and all that, which I think is unfair. Although I did hear a stat a couple of weeks ago that one in three millennials don't pass, like don't see a job out through their probation period. They leave. What? You're not, I mean, you're not helping us. You're not helping us people. But I do think there's a lot of reasons why someone might leave a job. Um, And, you know, that whole thing of like, oh, it means you're lazy or a failure. You can't be bothered to put in the work just isn't true most of the time. Like I know people who have quit jobs and it was by far the best decision they could have made. Yeah, it's interesting what you said there about that article you read, because it's just reminded me, I read an article the other week, which was saying it was along this, it was a similar, actually, no, someone tweeted it, and they they were responding to an article. But it was along that line of how the older generations are saying that millennials are work shy. And someone was responding and basically saying, no, millennials realise that they don't have the same opportunities that their parents or grandparents had. They will struggle to get on the housing ladder. They will struggle to have a similar salary. They recognise that these things are going to be a lot more difficult that the older generations maybe didn't struggle for as much. And therefore, they, they were actually putting their happiness first, which is why a lot of people will leave a job if they're unhappy or a lot of people will go traveling or a lot of people will relocate somewhere else, which is completely different. It's, it's almost as if millennials are learning to reprioritize what's considered socially normal because what is, what was considered normal isn't actually that obtainable anymore. Yeah. I I literally had this conversation with someone today and I was like, I think part of it is, you know, it's like, it's so much more common now to be in a job for a year, 18 months, two years, and then change companies or something. And I think part of it is because our generation is seeing that, well, we're probably not going to, be able to buy property as easily. There isn't the same security and job for life as there were for our parents' generations. And we don't want to work for free because that's also called exploitation. And we just don't want to put up with the bullshit, quite frankly. Um, and I think that that combined can sometimes leave you in that position where you're like, I'm going to quit my job. And I think also, you know, quitting your job, it doesn't have to be like a rash thing that you've woken up one day and gone, I'm quitting my job today. And you have like a proper devil wears Prada moment and you throw your phone in the fountain. (laughs) I think for 99% of people, it's a very, I know certainly for me when I've done it and when you've done it, it's been a very well thought out, logical, practical, very considered decision that is within our best interest that we've saved to do that we've weighed up all the risks for so I don't think it should be labeled as some sort of lazy failure kind of irresponsible thing to do yeah I'm just wondering whether because we've both quit jobs and I feel like we've both done it for different reasons and I wonder whether it'd just be worth like from our own perspectives not in detail but just (laughs) like just because I think what I think is really important is to kind of emphasize that you don't need you you don't need a reason as such to quit your job you don't need to be completely and utterly miserable or you don't need to be getting fired you don't need it doesn't need to be one of those kind of concrete reasons but if you, you like you my job that I quit I loved the job, I loved my colleagues, but I just knew that I was getting a bit comfortable and it was a bit stagnant and I knew it wasn't the career path that I wanted to be in. And I think if you know that it's the right time for you to move on to a new challenge or a new opportunity, then that's that's a completely justifiable reason to yeah. leave the job. 
definitely I completely relate to that like I think I've I've done it a couple of times and um, <laughs> the most recent time I did that it was a really similar situation I just realized that I, I didn't I didn't want my boss's job basically and I didn't want to go down that career path and what I actually really wanted to do when I laid it out on paper was something very different and yes I, I definitely could have stayed in the role and carried on until I'd found another job but there was just that part of me that was increasingly unhappy and applying for jobs is a full-time job like oh some my god of the job yeah. applications I've had to do have taken me days um and you also want to make sure you're doing it well and all that kind of thing so there there were a culmination of factors but the majority the, the main one sorry was that it wasn't the right place for me and I think I am um, I was chatting to a friend a couple of years ago and we were having a discussion with some other people and she said something to the effect of like, oh, well, the next time I have a long period of time off work will probably be when I had a baby, when I have a baby. And it just really like struck something in me. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I don't want to be the next time I have time off work to be when I have a child. Like if I want to take that break, I want to be able to do it. So that kind of also partly was like, I was like, I wouldn't mind having a couple of weeks to really make sure what I'm going after next is what I want to go after because I think that's a really important thing when you leave a job and I'm sure you felt this when you quit yours like you have a rough idea of what you want to do but you have to be really quite driven and focused on what you want next yeah and I think it also does help not that I'm saying this is the only reason you should do it but I think you get a bit of the fear once you've left yeah definitely and and like you said applying two jobs is a full-time job and it it takes so much time and effort. And I think once you've left that job, if you're still applying for stuff, if you're not going straight into something else, then that's the push that you need. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, as long as you've got a plan, I think, I think that's the key thing. As long as you know what you want to do, whether it is to go traveling, whether it is to go back into education, whether it is to retrain, whether it's to just change your career. I think whatever you do, as long as you've got a plan, it's fine. But taking that little bit of a risk is kind of the push that you need to make sure you are going in the right direction. Completely. And I think when we say plan, like you don't have to have it nailed down to like the nth degree, but it's having something a bit more than I'm just going to sit on the sofa and watch Netflix for days because that isn't going to help plan your next career. But it's kind of... And actually, even if you want a few weeks off to just do nothing, because I think we do live in a world that's so busy and so time pressured and you're always on pressure to do something new and be doing something else there's no harm in actually just wanting some time off like I timed it with when I'd already had a holiday booked and over Christmas and it's kind of coincidental that it fell like that like that in itself wasn't planned but then it's like saying okay I'm gonna make the most of this at the same time I still had like a rough fight like I had a rough plan I knew what type of things I was applying for how I was going to make sure that I like stood out more, all those kinds of things. So it's finding that nice balance between making the most of having a bit of time to refuel so you can go into whatever you do next, like at full speed, but also really taking the opportunity to just focus on yourself and get stuff done. I think it's kind of about making the provisions before you go. So whether it is... whether it's saving up, whether it's making a plan, whether it's... Even if it's like that, like you said, if you need some time off... Even ask your current company if they have the option of like a sabbatical or working part time or working from home, things like that, just so you have that time to figure out if that's still what you want to do. If it's not, 
what's your action plan for leaving and what are you going to do next? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also, you know, there's that thing of like, never make a decision when you're really happy or really sad. Don't just quit your job after a really bad day. If your bad day turns into a bad couple of weeks and a bad couple of months, and you've done everything you can to make it work, and you decide that isn't right, then that's a very different decision. And I think it's like you said, like making sure that you have like you have those savings in place. And I think it's really important to touch on as well, like being able to just quit your job is a massive luxury. Yeah. Um, I know there are plenty of people who might even be listening, being like, I wish I could just quit my job. And it is not as simple as that. And I do appreciate that. I think if it's something that you could do, though, like you said, there are ways around it, like maybe working part time, or maybe you quit your job, but you go and get another job just to pay the bills like maybe you work in a bar on night shifts or something that's different to what you would normally do but it just frees up that kind of time in your brain to think about what you want to do yeah because I I think at the end of the day whether or whether or not you're unhappy in your current job what you need to be thinking about is your future happiness yeah it sounds it sounds so super dramatic but I always think if if in 10 years time you looked back and you would really regret not leaving a job or if you would really regret not having pursued another opportunity that had come up if you feel like you'd regret it that's probably a sign that you should go yeah and I do think sometimes you've got to take a leap and let the net appear or whatever the expression is like I've never heard that. What? Never you. Like, take the leap and let the net appear. I don't. I, I'm. I'm probably misquoting that. You know how I get all my idioms wrong. Is that even an idiom? I don't even know. But I, I do think sometimes it's like having the fear. Like having that risk is is good for you. I think sometimes. But there's a difference between embracing the risk and just like having a bad day and throwing in the towel. <laughs> I'm yeah. not advocating that. Because <laughs> I'm. I'm always so aware of. I I know I get to a point where I feel comfortable in my job and that annoys me. I don't like being comfortable, but I'm like, wait, what is it that I'm comfortable? Is it comfortable because the job is too easy and I need a challenge? Am I comfortable because it's, it's fine, but it's not the right career that doesn't make me like happy and excited. I think it is again, going back to the planning, but really analyzing what your feelings are about your situation especially if it, if it's not just as straight like straightforward and clear cut as I hate my job figure out what it is that you're not enjoying so you can figure out what is right for you because yeah i think you need to almost be practical make a list what aspects of your job do you currently enjoy what aspects do you hate and then move forward and look for other careers or other opportunities that incorporate or do not incorporate those things I think that's really true like I think no matter how horrible a job is or how pointless it might seem at the time or how you know you might think oh god this is doing nothing for my future career I think you can always look back and take something like whether it's just you know learning interpersonal skills or learning how you like to be managed or what kind of environment you like to be in there is always something you can learn yeah I think sometimes when you hate a job it's easy to write everything off like everything from the people down to like your day-to-day job you can just write it all off as like rubbish but in actual fact there will be something of benefit there so sometimes taking stock of that can be so valuable in working out what you do next yeah yeah absolutely but I I don't know I think the whole message that we're trying to get across is that 
it is okay at the end of the day. There's so many more options. There's new, and, and I think we've covered this before anyway, there's constantly new careers and new job roles popping up all the time. Yeah, everywhere. And having a portfolio career now is so, it's a lot more accepted and it's so normal, especially among people in their 20s and early 30s, even further on. Like it's, it shouldn't be stigmatized as something negative if you leave your job. I think as well, there can be so much pressure when it comes to that stigma of you can't quit a job because it's lazy or you're a failure or, you know, you should never quit. You should never kind of admit defeat. I I really don't think that's the case. I think sometimes opportunities present themselves and go, you'll actually, the only reason I'm not quitting this job is because I'm worried what other people will think. Well, I'm not really sure that's a good enough reason. Yeah. People normally have your best interests at heart, but at the end of the day, you're the one getting up and doing that job. And if you know that if you left, you'd be happier, you'd be closer to what you want to be doing, it's going to give you that kick to pursue what you really want to do and just work yourself out. I think that's a really positive thing. And when I quit my job, I had quite a few people say to me, and I'm sure they said to you as well, that's so brave. You're so brave for doing that. And I was like, I feel like a failure. Like even though I'd made the decision myself and I knew it's what I wanted and that it was best for me and my life, there was still that part of me that was like a bit of a failure there, aren't you? So then to have someone say, I think that's really brave, it really changed my outlook on it because I was like, well, this voice in my head that's telling me I'm a failure and that it's a bad idea, that's actually really not reflected. And if it was reflected... It wouldn't matter anyway, because I know I've done what's right for me. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like not, if you're quitting a job, you're doing it for you. You're not doing it for anyone else. And in the nicest way possible, if there are people out there criticising it for you, then they're not the people that you need in your life right now. Because Mm -hmm. if if you genuinely are not happy or you want to change your career or you're looking for more, whatever your reason is, the people around you should be supportive of you. Yeah, definitely. Like with friends, family, partners, whoever it is, they they are there to support you. And whether that is helping you kind of figure it out, talking through things through, looking at options, even if it's just figuring out what's what's the best path to follow. But the bottom line is if you've made the decision that you feel you should leave, then they should be helping you and supporting you with that. Yeah, definitely. Like, even if it's just like, because this certainly happened to me. I, after about a month or so after I quit my job, I just had a really rough day. Like, I got a couple of rejections for jobs I thought I'd done really well in. And I just sat on Alex's parents' sofa with a cup of tea and I just cried. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such a failure and all this. And I had a really down day. And in that moment, I didn't have anyone judging me. I just had people going, you'll be all right. And that's sometimes what you need to hear. Like if you're in that space at the moment where you're just thinking, oh my God, I've really screwed up. You'll be all right. You actually will be all right. And I think it's remembering that. Like, I think it was Becky said to me, like, you're not going to be unemployed for the rest of your life. You will be fine. And that was such like a moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. You you will find a job. And I think we kind of said this last week as well, actually. They've, maybe it is that pressure from, older generations but 
the status of your job and your career and your own life has such an impact on your mental well-being and how you feel and like the lowest points in your life I think we both or like in the last kind of in our 20s we were discussing weren't we yeah I think like for them to both be related to jobs it, it is all about that pressure that's being put on you and it's probably a lot of it is coming from yourself because of what you think other people will think Definitely. but yeah if you've got those people around you or surround yourself with those people and deal with everyone else after because at the end of the day you're you you need to do what's right for you like I think as well like actually most people don't care in the best way like you might think oh that aunt's gonna judge me at Christmas or whatever she probably doesn't care like, and also it's just because it's something that's out of the norm for them like people are afraid yeah. of what we don't know exactly that is so true and I think yes there's definitely you definitely should consider whether or not quitting a job is a sensible thing for you to do and is practical and is actually what you really want and there's a lot to take into consideration there but if you come to the decision that yes that's what I want then that's absolutely fine and um if if people aren't supportive then we are come and come and talk to us <laughs> yeah we've been there we've been there sitting on in-laws sofas crying our eyes out <laughs> we've had plenty of experiences of the job quitting and feeling like you've made a mistake and actually you've not and it all works out like yeah it will work out it will of course it will and I think sometimes these things present you with opportunities that you couldn't even imagine yeah we need to listen back to this ourselves next time we quit a job <laughs> Yes, we do. We do. We <laughs> have our own advice. <laughs> oh my God. I think that's a good place to wrap it up for this week. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this. And if you're in that headspace or you're thinking about quitting your job, it's been useful. Um, I think it can be such a daunting and scary prospect and so kind of overwhelming. But I think but you're brave and you've got this. Yeah, exactly. Like when you know it's the right decision for you, you've just got to make that decision like it won't kill you you will survive it like you're stronger than that so I think just go for it and see what happens if you're thinking about quitting your job or if you have or even if you just fancy a chat please feel free to get in touch with us um you can do that on our instagram which is at 20s are hard or our facebook page which is also facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard or our email address which you've guessed it is 20s are hard at gmail.com and also, don't forget that we are still on Spotify. I know, Spotify. I'm really excited that we're on Spotify. Spotify, podcast, and iTunes. Yep. So there are plenty of places for you to listen to this episode or any upcoming episodes. But also, if you're new, or maybe you're not new, but you still want to go and listen, we have a back catalogue of 20 episodes now um, where we just so many more things, yeah. including jobs and careers and all that sort of thing. So go back and give some of the old ones a listen as well, because you really don't need to listen to these in order, which I think is quite nice. Yeah, and if there's any topics that you'd like us to cover as well, please yes, do let us know. Yes, do let us know. So we hope you've enjoyed this and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye. Bye. Bye.